I'm gonna get this because this is something everyone should know. Anything is fun until it starts getting bitey. <laughs> checking on um, the uh, the copperheads here that are being tracked um, and I'm I'm with the amazing Brittany uh, would you would you like to introduce yourself oh sure yeah <laughs> hi everybody my name is Brittany Nyer and I am a field researcher um, so a scientist who really likes to be out in nature with the ticks and the mosquitoes and all the cool animals and I've been researching or on this research project with copperheads since 2018 I have um, worked with another researcher uh, Dr. Ben Jellen, who is leading this project and yet another project in Illinois with copperheads too. So he has extensive snake research background. Um, a funny way of how I got into this, which isn't probably how you think I got into this, <laughs> but I met Ben and I heard that he went to the zoo and I also work at the zoo. Like the zoo's my place. Like, what are you doing there? But like, <laughs> you're bringing a snake to the zoo. Yeah, but really, I was just curious. Honestly, it comes down to just curiosity. I'm like, what are you doing with snakes? Why are you going to the zoo with a copperhead? Because as far as I knew, like copperheads, you just, you don't just know. Which still, <laughs> you, 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 should, you should leave them alone. But I was also like, why is this guy handling copperheads? So it was just through that curiosity. I just went up and started talking to him and asked him about it. And he asked if I wanted to go in shadow. And then after I started using radio telemetry in the field I just never stopped so I'm still here oh that's so cool <laughs> uh, so so essentially this man is a copperhead whisperer is what I'm hearing I think so and I'm still in training I'm still learning the ways and soon Brittany shall also be the copperhead whisperer okay, so we have eight total that we're tracking right now mortality is pretty high oh no I know so is there a reason why mortality is higher right now than usual for this area in particular, no one's really studying copperheads until this project. Yeah. So to extensively follow a snake, because it's hard to find them. You, you might see them once, but to find them twice, you're better off winning the lottery, which would also be great. But um, yeah, yeah. they're part of just the general like food web. And even though they're venomous, which some may think that they're more dangerous, um, venom is just how they get their food. They're not constrictors. Right, so like, How right. else are they going to do it? So, right. Um, how they come into terms with that, but a lot of like larger birds, um, even larger snakes could eat them. Ooh, yeah. Um, especially the, the young ones. Are it, so, yeah, it's really interesting. Raccoons. Like, really? I didn't know raccoons were, were snake. They can, yeah. Munch guys. <laughs> they can, sure. Um, it's just interesting. So yeah, I always had this uh, idea, well, yeah, I had ideas about what a snake's life would be, and then after tracking them, I'm like, oh, seems <laughs> like I have to learn a lot too. Right, so, it's hard for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah, and you get really, so we had one, our first snake here on the property named Captain Kirk. Um, oh God, I love and, it. Oh. He was my everything. He was oh. just really fun, so he, he traveled a lot. Yeah. Um, he's a male, was a male. So he, he has met his end. No! But he wasn't two years. Captain was like, Kirk, no! Oh, he's such a good looking no! snake. But he has led us to multiple females. So he okay. gets his name because it's Kirkwood area. And then also Captain oh, Kirk is okay. a ladies man. That's, that's true, so, that's true. <laughs> he did such a good service for the study. Uh -huh. But yeah, we think probably a bird of prey got him. Oh. Luckily, I wasn't the one that found him. I would have been like, it was still hard. The, the bird's name is Khan. Khan! No, I know. Like, oh. <laughs> um, so if you come to the Powder Valley area and you notice any of these like markers or flags, it's part of the study and it's not necessarily where they are right away. Um, some of them are past markers as well, but we do kind of calculate the distance so you can see like distance from like this would be considered a retreat so they would go in here potentially oh, okay so like a path to road 
to the nearest uh, path where guests will walk as well. Yeah. And so we're kind of gathering data on um, what kind of habitat they like. So, you know, we're still learning a lot. This study started in 2018, so we oh, wow. really have so much data. Yeah. Um, but looking at, you know, like this is like a really great foraging area. So we've had snakes kind of move to these areas in certain times of the season. Um, we've had bigger moves when they're finding like their brumation. So when they're overwintering, yeah, um, yeah. we found that they kind of go back to the same spot. So carp okay. in particular really liked getting close to 270. You wouldn't think that a snake would want to be that close to something that's so loud. Loud and <laughs> just abrasive in your face. Right. But we're curious to know maybe if it's like warmer because there's a lot of like, you know, tire movement all the time. He was pretty close to there. So um, probably as difficult as you could get for a researcher to like climb. Uh. Rocky, littered area. I'm like, thank you, snake. So, Kirk uh, yearns for danger. <laughs> yes, and, but it keeps you in shape. It's really fun. Right. Um, <laughs> so we'll start with one of the snakes, um, which we are suspecting that maybe has passed away. Oh. The reason we think that is because it's been the same spot for weeks and weeks and weeks. Oh, no. However, the telemetry device that um, is still working, the battery still works. Okay. And we can get substrate. Um, or not so straight, but the temperature data. Yeah. So we're not quite sure the depth in which this device is, but we can still get the temperature data. So some of our devices have that ability to do oh, that. Oh, okay, okay. So we can see Whoa. if it's um, like a warmer day. So we do take, you know, like the air temperature, substrate temperature, yeah. snake temperature if we see them. So we have a little skinny laser thing oh, like you do God. for your temperatures. Yeah. Um, and it's really just anything and everything we can learn. Like, if we do see them, what's their body position? Yeah. Um, what are they near? Are they next to another snake? Yeah, yeah. If we see prey around them, if we see anything else that's interesting. So it's kind of fun. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, creating a ecological, yeah, it's like creating an ecological puzzle in a way. So every time we track, it's like one little piece. And we don't know the entirety of the day, so it could very well be that we see a snake in the same area for a few weeks in a row, but they might travel out and then come back. We don't know. Sure, sure. So it's just sure. like one piece of time when we see them, um, because the devices that we use, we have to um, go out and this, use this, this, lovely, <laughs> this, antenna this lovely thing here. <laughs> by hand, yes. So there are telemetry devices that can use GPS or, you know, like, or not, I see. Yeah, the GPS location that can go and ping to satellite. Yeah. Those are generally bigger, more expensive <gasps> as well. Right, so, right. You know, you gotta like weigh the pros and cons. So this gets you out. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah, um, yeah. And then because snakes are so small, the devices have to be small. So I think it's like less than 10% of their body weight is like the weight of the tracker has to be, if not less. Does a a snake is very non-limmy. How does a how does one put a tracker on a snake? Mm -hmm. There are different ways. So the most well-known way um, and most used way is surgical implantation. Oh, okay. So, okay. So it's, it's not like a little collar, just like no. <laughs> snake or but there's there's another method too. I'll go through the most common one and then I'll explain yeah, the yeah, newer yeah. one that we've. Um, been doing as well. So we are in partnership with the St. Louis Zoo and their vet hospital. So their vets, um, Dr. Ben Jong is the lead researcher for this project and he um, has been working with them for many a moon. <laughs> and they're wonderful. So everything is done with anesthesia. It is very sterile. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, the snakes get a really good start with their welcoming to the project. <laughs> Welcome to the team. Uh, I'm glad you have you on board. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but it does go underneath their skin and they'll actually attach it to their ribs a little with suture. That way oh, it doesn't okay. like move around. Sure. You can imagine it's just like a very long tube. <laughs> They're very strong though, so don't, don't let them fool you. I've had a wrestling match with one one. Well, because they're, they're all muscle, right? Like, it's pretty yeah. much just like a, a muscle tube. Yep. That doesn't, it's, yeah, that's it's just a lot out of context, of that's a lot. <laughs> but they have, you know, all those ribs, and you think about, like, our rib connection. Yeah. With all the muscles here is pretty strong. Yeah. So it's just, like, 
a huge tube of muscle. Yeah. Um, and all their organs, um, you know, are elongated too. So we want to make sure that where the device is sitting, it's not going to be like yeah, yeah. putting a lot of pressure on anything. They also like measure the size and make sure. So if they're big enough, they'll get a unit surgically implanted. Um, last year we had little babies. Oh, we had a little oh. female. She's like, I got babies. Oh and God. yes, I lost my mind. Oh, <laughs> I was like, that's too much. Yeah, first time seeing baby copperheads, and I didn't know what to do with myself. These are great. Oh, um, oh my goodness. So since they are tiny, like little pencils. Oh, I know, no. I know. Um, they actually take the devices. They have small ones, like little, little mini ones. Yeah. They're too small to be implanted, so they'll actually, um, they did like surgical glue and then sutures that'll dissolve on the outside too. Yeah. Just so kind of attach it almost like a little backpack. Knowing very well that these devices, they don't last as long. Sure. So we can get some data and then they'll just fall off. Or oh, okay. If, okay. We, if we find them within a time range, we know we can like take them in and get it off too. Oh, okay. So, okay. So, so they're going to school with their little backpack on. Yeah, little backpacks. <laughs> oh, I love it. I feel like the principal, I'm like, and what are you doing today? And right. where are you today? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Oh, I love it. I love it. So that's, that's cool about these. I never knew what these, so it's, it's these tags or flags I guess yeah and this one's a little bit older you can hardly see so this is like, I never knew what these were I yeah. thought they were just <laughs> road, roadside uh, uh, we're starting on site number 1799 today so it has grown the project has yeah definitely grown. Um, and we are creating maps with the data points as well for each yeah. thing so really we're trying to get a better understanding of how they're using this area because what I think 112 acres. Oh wow! But it's completely enclosed by, um, you know, like suburbia on one side, and then highways on the other, and mm -hmm. roads. So it's interesting to see their their movements, and we only have again a small population of sample. Right. We don't actually know how many are here because it's right. hard to find them. And something that. I never thought about until recently. Oh. <laughs> oh, <fun>. uh, <laughs> something I never thought about recently is if nobody's studying an animal, you actually don't know. Right. So you might hear like, oh, copperheads everywhere. I see them. They are the most common venomous snake from Missouri. Mm -hmm. But every time someone says that, I'm like, please hold my hand, take me to them. Right. Because I'm out here trying to find them still, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's tricky. I mean, they don't want to be found, but it's also... Like you can't quite say if the population is thriving, if it's declining mm -hmm. until you get a base level. So this is kind of our, mm -hmm. there's a lot happening with our research and a lot that can come from it. So yeah, it's well, exciting. Yeah, well, I remember you telling me when you were first telling me kind of about this research and what you were doing with it, the idea of why it's important to be studying these snakes that a lot of people, I don't know if I would say necessarily see them as a pest snake, but, um, but people do. People see them and they're like, Ah, dangerous snake, shovel, bah, you know, and the idea where people see them and they more want to smush them than, than actually let them go about their way. Mm -hmm. um, and there is no real study that's been done on them thus far. So the idea that it's just almost like what was happening with wolves for a long time to where it's just like, oh, they're everywhere, they're everywhere. Just, just take them out, you know, until all of a sudden people are like, oh, no, they're not everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and while they're not quite the apex predator that a wolf is, which I think is also why there hasn't been a ton of research. It also, it comes down to funding too. Like mm -hmm. it can be tricky in time. Like mm -hmm. I'm out here two days a week, just volunteering. Mm -hmm. Like I don't get paid for this, but it, I'm just so passionate about the research. I want to see it, how far it'll go, see it to the end, mm -hmm. keep getting more puzzle pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, but Ben comes out here five days a week, so we balance it, right? Like yeah, we're trying yeah. our best to like keep up with them and see what's happening. But as far as perceptions goes, that's another area I'm very intrigued with because I didn't like snakes very much until after college. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. What? So. Oh, oh, we have unlocked something here. <laughs> um, Super secret. Oh, so because um, I, I happen to know that uh, my my friend here happens to have a snake now. That's true. So, <laughs> so tell me what what made the this bug is just so <laughs> what made the shift like what what ha what happened in college what, yeah well what snake crossed your path and was like it wasn't necessarily like 
it was that they never intrigued me. I was like, if I had to choose to look at animals or study animals, I went for ornithology and mammalogy. Sure. Um, with that herpetology class, I could just kick uh. young Brittany's butt. Like, you should have <laughs> taken it. You should have taken it. Um, but what happened, I started working at the zoo. Yeah. And we had to handle snakes. And I'm intrigued by all animals. But growing up, and I, and I grew up on a farm. I grew up in the country. Yeah. I saw snakes. And yeah. my mom's like, you better not bring any snakes to me. Because I, I was that girl. <laughs> if it moved, I picked it up. Yeah, And I yeah. was like, check this out. Yeah. It's like a little mermaid, but out in the country. Like, ooh. A, la uh, a landmaid. A landmaid. Farm maid. Uh, that's actually a thing. Yeah. A maid person. <laughs> yep. That was me. Um, yeah. So it came, a lot of it was from perceptions of fears from like parents and family sure and then also society places a lot of things mm -hmm. on snakes um whether it be movies or mm -hmm. stories or like poor snake adam and eve like live it alone <laughs> um, you know like those kinds of things they get this connotation of being like sneaky they're slimy a lot of people slimy. still think that they're slimy yeah there's so many misconceptions and so when i started handling them I kind of like pushed through it because I was nervous. Mm -hmm. They have no arms and legs. They are very strange creatures. <laughs> very strange. And in all accounts. But I think the more I worked with educating and I saw like, mm -hmm. other like, children with the same fear. Yeah. And it wasn't ever that they had a negative experience. I never had a negative snake experience. It mm -hmm. was because my mom was afraid. So then I was like, I look up to my mom. She's yeah. keeping me safe. So I also am not a fan. But that completely shifted, and the more pushback I would get from people and misunderstandings, yeah. the more I'm like, you know, I have a little snake cheerleader outfit at this point. Like, you know, <laughs> I just really want to raise that awareness. Yeah. And they're not bad. They're, it's, they're part of nature. They're just, they're just hanging out, living their lives. Yeah. Just doing, just, hashtag just snake things. <laughs> just snake things. Absolutely. And if you leave them alone, they're not going to mess with you. Mm-hmm. Like they, they really won't. If you are walking through the like woods like I do, you're more likely going to come across one. Mm -hmm. That's just gonna happen. Mm -hmm. um, so just know that there are risks when you're walking in the woods and just know that if you see one, just slowly walk away from it. Nine times out of 10, they're just gonna move. Mm -hmm. Now there are some instances where like, unfortunately you might step on one, but if someone stepped on me, I'm gonna push them off. Like hello my foot so if you step on their entire body or it's if you true. pick them up they don't know that you're not a predator they mm -hmm. don't know that you're not gonna like try to eat them hurt them mm -hmm. their instincts are you know very basic mm -hmm. fight or flight and they're gonna fight if they feel like they have to mm -hmm. um so as far as snakes in missouri we only have five venomous snakes more than likely gonna see a copperhead they're just you know the most beautiful snake out there. <laughs> um, and then a lot of them are non-venomous. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what they are, that's okay. Just don't touch them. Just don't mess with them. If you're like nervous or scared or if they're in your house, you can ask um, help. I think like the Humane Society probably has animal control. They can mm -hmm. help move mm -hmm. them or you can call Missouri Department of Conservation. They might have agents nearby. Mm -hmm. So more than likely if you try to move it, that's when those bad interactions happen. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I think a good, I think a good rule for life is if you don't know what it is, don't touch it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you just, know, just let it be. Just, just, just leave it alone. If you, if you're yeah. out living your life and you don't know what something is, just don't touch it. And ask questions. I mean, truly, mm -hmm. if you're curious, I think a lot of times fear comes from the unknown. It comes from having a question that's unanswered. So you yeah. come up with your speculations or your your ideas, and sometimes it can be very off. Um, I've been tracking copperheads for like close to four years now. Um, I've never had one strike at me mm. unless I was uh, using like snake tongs to like pick it up. Right. And even then you have to really just be like up in its business because <laughs> most of the time it's just going to like slither off like no big deal. Um, which it was always impressive to me because mm -hmm. I'm like, it's a venomous snake. Mm -hmm. So it's not only did I get over like snakes, but then I had to get over the next level of like, but it's venomous, which means it could mm -hmm. hurt me and like hashtag anything with a mouth could bite. It's, it's true. It's I've been true. bitten by my little brother before. Like, do you <laughs> know what I mean? But like snake will never bite unprovoked mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I've seen. 
Um, there are aggressive species like around the world and elsewhere that mm -hmm. are more apt to mm -hmm. if you're like within a certain distance. But here in Missouri, like you can rest assured, like you will be fine. Mm -hmm. um, I've also helped with a project with water snakes, so mm -hmm. northern water snakes, which are very smelly. If you've oh. never been around them, oh yeah. oh no, do they do uh, they smell like apricots? No, no. <laughs> okay. And to have her said that copperhead musk smells like apricots or wine. I've been sprayed multiple times and in the face, which is Yeah, they're a little, before we started recording, there was, uh, apparently someone had mentioned that copperhead musk, because they have musk that they kind of like, almost like sky, I didn't realize that snakes uh, can just like, you know, right at you. Um, well, not like, a, but just a scent. Um, and somebody had been like, oh, it smells like apricots. Does not, does not. <laughs> no. Just, <ew>. <laughs> <laughs> um, But I, I think what I'm, what I'm hearing right now is that, um, from personal experiences, uh, little brothers bite more than copperheads, unprovoked. True. So. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are also a lot of records of snake bites happening, but a lot of times there is alcohol involved in that. So. The snake was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Don't slither and drive. Don't, Don't slither and drive. It's bad news. <laughs> bad news. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so the water snakes, a lot of. Uh, I've heard a lot about water snakes coming after people or like dropping down in, in <gasps> canoes and like swimming towards them. Right. Oh, and no. I don't think it's necessarily like they're wanting to like get to you <laughs> in that way. So the project that I was helping with, we needed to collect them. Right. So there are ways to grab snakes and I'm not saying go and do it. I was doing this with a professional who has been in the herpetological field <laughs> literally his entire life. He's been doing this longer than I've been alive plus some. You're literally hurling your entire body at a snake. And it's so hard to get them. So when everyone's like, it's gonna get me, the snake's coming after me. I've lunged at them <laughs> and and they just leave and I can't get them. So that, that well, was another learning lesson. I'm like, there's, the snakes are not, they don't want us like we think they want us. Well, and, and I imagine too, like the snake probably like when when the snake is in the water and it sees something that looks like non-water, it could also very well just be like, ah, non-water, I'm gonna go check it out. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what this non-water is so that I can go take a break, take a little mm -hmm. breather, you know, just hang out, get some sun, uh, bask as it were, you yes. know. Um, I don't know that the snake is in there, you know, swimming around, water over the eyes and stuff, being like, yo, a person, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go <laughs> fuck up their shit, you know. <laughs> Can't ruin their day. Yeah, I'm gonna go ruin that guy's day. I see him over there having a nice time. Not on my watch. So I go to the snake, but he's like, I'm gonna make him scream. Watch me. That's, I mean, that's what I would do as a snake, but. <laughs> so. um, and another uh, interesting fact with snakes here in Missouri, the venomous ones do have the little eye slits, like yeah. the cat eye. Yeah. The non-venomous have round pupils. However, and I have a photo of this. I'll have to try and find it, but their eyes dilate like ours. So I have a picture of a copperhead and these eye slits are dilated pretty far. Really? It's a little bit darker. Really? That is, they're not very slit looking. Yeah. So, I didn't know that. So there are two reasons that I'm bringing this up. One, that's what pupils do. So just, you know, right, you're not yeah. always going to stay super slitty. A lot of times when you find snakes, they're basking out in the sun, which is why you see them. But two, never get close enough to look at their eyes. <laughs> for identification purposes, get binoculars if you need that. Um, sometimes like neonates or younger snakes have slightly different patterns mm -hmm. um, that can be tricky, but I would say just leave them be. Yeah. If you, if you see one in the dark with round eyes, that does not mean it is safe. Don't go grasping at it. Yeah. I <laughs> think it, a good rule of thumb is when you're in nature, just, just don't, don't let nature be. Yeah. Don't grasp nature. Yeah, don't yeah, grasp just, nature. Just don't. I only, you know, handle snakes just for research purposes. Um, because it's just better for both of us. <laughs> nature doesn't want it. Nature does not want you grasping it. Right. Nature wants you to be respectful. So yeah, no, we I can we can keep moving. So yeah. it's not. Yeah, I know that this one is probably here. This yeah. So here, this so is I'll... the only time where I'm like I know where this snake is, or at least the telemetry device. So the really fun equipment you have a backpack because uh. we do take records and notes. Um, and all of our data collection is on paper and then we put it in the system. I have a radio telemetry 
Ooh. Woo. It's a little old, but she is, she is faithful. And this is a three-prong Yagi antenna. I had to look this up once. So it does fold down, it's collapsible. Oh. It's very difficult when you're going through the thick brush. Thank you, Amr Honeysuckle. You're on the hate list. It's like playing Red Rover with nature. Oh, Lord. And sometimes I don't win. So we put the frequency. So there are different numbers. Yeah. Um, and you just put the frequency that you're looking for. So every snake has their own. There actually are two that have the same number, but they're in different areas, which is okay for this. For oh, right okay. now, unless okay. somebody gets crazy and starts moving through. Um, but it's just, the, it's the same as if you are looking for a radio station um, and you have certain numbers that you plug in and that's where the frequency picks up. Oh, Exactly okay. the same. So yeah. um, if there were other animals out here with telemetry devices on, if I had their frequency, I can use this for them too. Oh, wow. So it's not just for snakes, it's for anything with telemetry. That's very cool, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and then when I turn it on, you'll hear beats. And since we're really close to her, it's a little bit more of like a, a deep, loud beat. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I can put on the other one to hear the difference. Because this oh, one's okay. further away. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. I was like, whoa, don't, don't black out on me. Okay. <laughs> she was on the move real oh, quick. <laughs> Yeah, so we can, for certain ones, like the cadence will be the same. Yeah. So it, it doesn't like speed up or slow down based on like a hot, cold kind of scenario. Oh, okay. Like as, as close as you get. Yeah, yeah. Um, however, it is temperature sensitive for some of the devices. Okay. So there's a formula where you count the number of beeps in 11 seconds and then plug it into a formula and then you can get the temperature from that. Whoa. Math magic! <laughs> so you do use math in life. We do! Oh snap! <laughs> oh man, so do you need me to... Do you need me to do anything to help? No. Alright. I usually come out here solo, which okay. is like very peaceful and meditative unless it's raining. And I don't really like getting wet. I... And when I have concur. to like write on paper, I'm like... Oh no. I don't like this. <laughs> That's the only time. All the other times, it's wonderful and it's great. The snakes, when they move like near the paths, a lot of times I'll get asked questions by guests, which I like love. Oh. The educator me is like asking yes. questions. Even here, sometimes I'll get people on the bridge, mostly children will stop and be like, oh. What are you doing? Oh, I, that's I so live fun. for that. Yeah. yeah. I find that children are more apt to ask questions than adults. Sure. Adults will look at me like, stranger. <laughs> One time I got yelled at because what? Oh, I think she thought I was doing something I shouldn't be doing because I was, you know, off you trail. But you know, I have a lot of respect for that because she's looking out for the natural area because you're not supposed to be off trail. Oh, but that's, I, then I explained that's fair. To her, but at first I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing something wrong, even though I wasn't. But right. I was like, ah. I don't like getting yelled at though. So yeah, I know. And then she apologized. It's fine. I'm just yeah. like, I have respect for you. But like, but also you startled me. I'm also me. like, oh, venomous snake and I'm focusing. Like, right. Ooh. Also, well, I mean, the time you don't want to get startled is when you're dealing with the venomous snake. Right. Like, I'm here, I'm very focused, I'm dealing with, oh my God. Right, right, right. <laughs> so here are some of the amazing tools. We'll go through this. It's like Dora the Explorer. Oh, yes. Ooh. Here we go. We've got, uh, seeing if the snake's been feeling a little under the weather here. Yeah, um, yeah. So we have Kestrel, which is environmental data. GPS, so only if they move to a new area, we'll get what's the easting and northing, mm. so we can plug it in. Um, very fancy flag tape. Ooh. Sharpie. Yes. I don't know why we always use blue, but we just do. I think it's just because what we have. <laughs> yeah, and then everyone knows this, so we do oh, take yes. like substrate temperature, temperature of the snake if we see them, temperature of each other if you're like, I'm just, that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just to do just, just to, to do. do just to do yeah so we have all those I do have in case we do find other snakes which does happen and it's like super exciting oh, oh, um, I have like a little snake bag yeah but usually if that happens like I'll have to run back and get snake tongs I used to carry all of my equipment but I, it's just too much Snake tongs are fairly long too, aren't yeah, they? They're, like, they're I mean, really you... long. They're like the little gopher grabber things. <laughs> what were those from like, forever ago? Yeah. 
Um, so you don't, yeah. you don't use the T-Rex mouth on the, the end of a stitch? <laughs> I wish they would make one, but no, <laughs> I don't. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to turn the Kestrel on and get the max wind speed. So the, the Kestrel is a, a wind tracker guy? Um, so it's just a brand and so it'll, it can give you temperature, wind oh, okay. speed, and humidity too. Oh, oh that's cool. Mm -hmm. oh. It's just going to be pretty humid today, I can feel it. Uh, psh, I'll tell you what, it's, <laughs> for, for anyone from uh, St. Louis Midwest, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. <laughs> yes, and so I just look through and like, you know, the window get picked up here. And we do collect an insane amount of data, but we can look back and mm -hmm. from that pool, different studies and different questions from those things. Mm -hmm. So it's easier or not easier. It's better and more advantageous to do it while you're in the field. Just get as much as you can. Oh, for sure. Process it all later. So we are curious about a lot of different objectives. Um, but there could be more that comes from it. So you just never know. Well, it seems better to at least get more and not need it as opposed to not have enough and wonder about it later. Yes. I'm looking at cloud coverage right now. I'd say it's a solid three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although it doesn't look like they'll be storming. So that seems nice. Yeah, no precipitation. Uh, and I'm just, again, just taking data on what the temperature is around mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. I know that she, or at least the device, is still in that section there. Mm -hmm. So this tracking event's going to look different than other tracking events that I do. Mm -hmm. um, but we can still get the data that we want from it. Mm -hmm. It is strange being connected to an antenna when you're like moving and grooving. <laughs> so sometimes I look through. Let it do its thing. Mm. Probably get the time. And because all these variables, they can, you know, make up something. So like the time yeah. of day. Yeah, if yeah. Sunny if it's not. Here. Also, if you're ever in the area and you see me or Ben out, please ask us questions if you have them. Like we are always happy to stop and answer anything yeah um sometimes i've had people like do you see the snakes where are they at today what are they doing um yeah we're happy to answer that yeah yeah but also if you see these flags this is not us saying come check out the flagged areas don't don't check out flagged areas. yeah I, <laughs> I feel like that's probably the opposite like if you yeah. see the flagged areas well that's probably not for you yeah yeah um because they're new ones and old ones, but this also means that it's an area where like the snake is hanging out or doing something. And we want to make sure that we are not um, disturbing it mm -hmm. at a level where it's going to alter mm -hmm. the data. So even though I'm tracking the snakes, I'm not handling them. We'll handle them, you know, maybe once or twice a year to get weights just to kind of see mm -hmm. if they're like thriving, not thriving. Mm -hmm. um, if their device is running low, mm -hmm. we have to collect them so we can replace it. Because if you don't replace it, we can't find them again. It's, I mean, again, you're more likely to win the lottery than find a copperhead twice. The same one, I just cannot. Uh, <laughs> it's so right. hard. Even with the, even with this whole device to help me, or the whole unit, like there are times where a copperhead will be one foot away from me and I'm staring staring directly at it. I'm like, I don't see it. I don't see it. I've almost stepped on them before. Oh gosh. But again, this is because like I am actively tracking them. This is not saying that if you go out in nature, like copperheads are everywhere. No. But if you find one, let me know. Right. Leave <laughs> yeah. my email address. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll put that in the uh, show notes. So uh, if you yeah. see one, you can just like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's kind of the gist of that. Well, I think that also just speaks to how well they are camouflaged to fit in with all of this. Yes, and especially when it's drizzly or rainy and the leaves are wet, like mm. good luck. That's, it's oh, so hard to find them. I do play a game on my my Instagram, find <laughs> the snake occasionally. <laughs> I love and it. Because I'll take a picture 
and I'll like just like find the copperhead in yeah. this photo and then you know it'll slide over and then you can like see where it's at but it, it is really interesting and oh, I've wow. actually had a lot of people reach out about it oh that's really cool great too. I love that so I'm just like sharing like fun snips I love um, that that's so cool I'm getting the curiosity out there so I'm gonna get the temperature also 23.3 the more still you are so like when I'm here like you know it takes me a moment to like get my data mm -hmm. I've seen like the coolest spiders um where you see like the bubble nest you like notice yeah. more like all of our milkweeds coming up so this is common milkweed and mm -hmm. the prairie like the rattlesnake master and like just let me keep nerding out you got some cone flower over there <laughs> like it's really cool when you take that time mm -hmm. whereas more often than not, I'll see people like just running through. Mm -hmm. You're still in nature, and that's good. Step one. Step two. Right. Pause. Taking time to really take it in. Yeah. Yeah, and just get get curious. Mm-hmm. More often than not, we forget that because we're adults. But just because you're an adult doesn't mean you can't be curious and have fun. Absolutely. So this is me collecting the pulse. Because it's warmer right now, we have two more snakes, and I was—I've been pretty lucky with the snake over in that little chunk. And then we also uh, have some um, herb boards, which are just like wooden boards that allows for a good basking area underneath that we'll oh, flip too, so we oh, might see awesome. like other things. Yeah. So I'm excited. What's under here? It's like a little Christmas morning surprise. Ah. Like, Oh, I love that. I feel like you're the expert. You're the expert <laughs> in all things outside. <laughs> I am far from it, but I also think that um, a lot of times I can be a little bit more humble. A lot of researchers that I met are pretty humble. And I'm like, but you're, but you know. <laughs> but you know. But every, everybody knows things. And that's the coolest. Like yeah, everyone has yeah. stories. Everyone has connections to stuff. Yeah. So it's really just about being a good human and asking those questions. Yeah, absolutely. We learn from one another. It's like one of the oldest, like, passing of knowledge. Yeah. Correct knowledge. Yes, yes. Copperheads don't smell like apricots. They, Nor do they smell like cucumbers. That's another thing. Like, cucumbers. If you smell cucumbers, then they're around. No. What? I have been I've, in the field. What? I smell no cucumbers. Cucumbers? Yes. Also, Also, cucumbers and apricots do not smell anything alike. <laughs> what an odd like I don't know I wonder if it's one of those things to where um some people when they eat what was it basil it tastes like soap oh, cilantro cilantro yeah, some yeah. people who eat cilantro it tastes like soap but like it's it's a genetic thing so I wonder if like some people genetically smell copperhead and it's like mm, I'm Sounds getting like a, we have another study to do yeah that's what I'm getting I think you're leading this one I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm gonna collect some of that musk and just like shove it in people's noses and be like, what do you smell? Oh Apricot, uh, cucumber, or or uh, sea other. It is interesting though because snake musk smells different. Different snake musk or just yeah, snake they musk just in general? Smell, yeah, d different species. Like they just, they ah, smell different. I yeah. had a ringneck snake musk me before. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, but none of them smell it, good. Right, I was like, going to say, is it all bad? <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, I, and I don't know if you know this because you're you're now my um, my snake expert. <laughs> but, um, so constrictors, do they have musk too? Oh no! Oh no! So it's gonna get stinky. Oh no! My baby, <laughs> she she gonna musk me? I haven't really heard. I would imagine a ball python does. I haven't had one. I'll have to look it up. What what kind is what kind do you have? Same. Okay, it's just a different one. Are we gonna get musked? Are we gonna get musked? I don't know. Oh no! This is when a oh no! This is when a researcher goes, Google, Yay. what you got for me? Oh my god! Because there's no way we can have everything. Memorized. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But I, as soon as you started bringing up the musks, like I was like, oh yeah, musk. That sounds awful. Oh wait a minute, wait a minute. As far as I know, they all have it. Ooh, but I just. I also want to double check because I don't know all snakes, guys. Well, and the thing is, too, like, I know, I feel, well, okay, knowing is a strong word. That's an aggressive word. I feel like snakes that are more docile are going to maybe musk less. Yeah. Because they, 
Well, I know ball pythons, their main method of um, leave me alone is going into a circle. Yeah. And being like, oh, They have it. Oh. But they don't often use it. <laughs> this is why I had to question. I was like, I've never, I've handled a lot of ball pythons before. Well, they, nor and they I normally don't just, just like, Flip! you know, that's, that's. Yeah. And I don't want to just say like, oh yeah, all snakes do this. When I don't know. But yeah, as far as I understand <laughs> in Google Health, mm -hmm. must baby. Oh, snap. Man, so my real, dang, my real question on that is like, because mostly when I've seen ball pythons get upset, and it's been with mine whenever I'm aggravating it. Well, I do not aggravate my snake, just as a heads up. Uh, I, when I, initially when we were first getting introduced and um, I was getting her used to being handled and such, uh, she'd go into a ball, that's how they get their name. Um, that's what they seem to do most predominantly. So I'm kind of curious how aggravated you have to make them before, before they really start. There's one, get off me. A tick? Yeah. Got it off. Oh no. Oh no. The creature of horrors. The worst. I'm glad I saw it though. It's really just the seed one. The seed tip. Ah. I've had three snake gloves that have been like my top three. Do they do they have names? Oh of course. Ah. Yeah, they're my snake gloves. They have names. Um, Wait, who who were they? Was one well, and was one Captain Kirk? Yeah, Kirk is okay, one. Okay, okay. The main one. Captain Kirk is everyone's favorite. I will put the photo of Captain Kirk. Pretty much everywhere. I'll put it. I'll put it on the socials. On the socials. <laughs> so it's like Jim Junior, and he was prior to this. Well, Jim Junior. Oh, Jim Junior. He's so cute. Was there a Jim Senior? Yeah, that was actually the residence where. Like, oh, okay. Okay. Like the owners and the He's super great. Super friendly. And so we named like little, little snake Jim Jr. <laughs> but he was so handsome, and I just love seeing that little snake. Uh, and then Kirk, like oh, snake. And then of the little neonates, um, I learned how to tube. So it's when you get oh. their head in a tube safely. And so I got a tube one. So I tubed one of them. It was my first snake tubing, and I named it my love. And I was like, oh, my love. Oh. Like uh, yeah, I'm that person. We're on the move. So right now we are taking an adventure. So another thing I do, before I take steps forward, I will actually point the antenna down directly before I take a step when I get, when I know I'm in a closer proximity range. Um, so I know like, it's not here. I can step. And that's really helpful for me. So we've narrowed down, narrowed down the, uh, the bubble, the snake bubble. And checking to see where the friend might be. Now when you're this close and you're, I guess, kind of uh, peeling away the leaves, yeah. would, at this point, would snake friend be leaving or would um yes potentially which is why i keep the device on because you're like mm -mm. we have snake i'll just point out so you see him okay ah, that's a part of his body oh my gosh okay let's let's take a peek here so right there you can see a little part of the body just right between those leaves. How exciting! Oh my gosh! Wow! It's probably gonna be coiled. Yeah. Wow! How pretty! Yeah, so I'm gonna gently move the leaves back so I can see what his shape is. Because we do record that, and I try not to disturb him too much. So it looks like yeah, some of his body is down here. Okay, it seems kind of uh, so stretched out there. a bit. Yep. Okay, so we're not going to move him too much because I do have to get his body temperature. So he's straightened out a bit. Um, he's one of the newer ones, so I saw a suture site, which is still healing a little bit. Oh, wow. But it looks really healthy. Um, you can see those little Hershey kisses on the side of his body. Oh, my gosh. That's so exciting. And their colors can range. They can be more orange, sometimes have more pink on them. Mm -hmm. We had a female, I named her Rosie. 
Yeah, yeah. So for everybody who's listening to the podcast and not um, seeing this because the podcast itself is primarily sound, um, the the does this one have a name yet? This one does not, um, because we have high mortality. There's only a few that have names. Ah, uh, okay. But it doesn't mean we love them any less. Their names are just their ideas. So this is ID number 028. 028. 28, 28 snakes later. <laughs> yes. So. Said with a lot of love. With, with so much love. Uh, so what we were seeing just then is... Um, once the leaves were moved away, uh, we got to see the body of 028. That um, really nice, there's almost this kind of, in the lighter color, this light kind of grayish tan, almost like a heart pattern on the side, which is really lovely, uh, surrounded by some dark. And the snake itself is kind of laying a little bit straight, but in almost an S-ish shape. Mm -hmm. um, and I've got to say too, really, really chill uh you were moving those leaves around quite a bit and the snake really just didn't seem to care like moved a little bit kind of toward the end but uh way way more chill than i would have been <laughs> um but yeah i can see what you were saying as far as getting kind of all up in their business and yeah. then really being much more relaxed about it than you would anticipate which again don't don't grasp at nature that does not mean go out and touch somebody or something Leave it alone. Let nature touch your heart. Let nature touch your heart. Yes. Well said. Um, but no, that is that is so cool. Um, and yeah, so this is, you would say this is a pretty young, young snake or is this a... This one, I might have gotten a little confused. There's, a, there's one that's younger. This is still a younger snake. Okay. So it's definitely over two years old. And in the wild, I mean, they're oh, okay. lucky to make it to 10. I know that there are some captive lifespan ranges, about 25, but... Oh, wow. I mean, Kirk was one of the biggest ones that I saw, and then we had another male that was bigger than Kirk, and I was just, like, blown away. Like, Whoa, you how, guys are making it. How, how big was Kirk? I'd have to ask Ben... Because it was all just like visual for me. Like, sure. I don't have any yeah, of the numbers. Sure, yeah, yeah. He passed away last fall. Oh... <laughs> But, I mean, he's just, just a larger snake. So, they can mm. get between two to three feet. That's a good size, so, though. Good you size, know. yeah. He wasn't he wasn't a three-footer, but he was uh, everything. So yeah. Funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm glad you got to see. It is hard to find them. Like, literally, yeah. it's so tricky sometimes. Yeah, and um, and again, I'll post a, a photo here up on the media and stuff. And you can see how how well the colors blend in <laughs> to the surrounding leaves too well <laughs> a little a little too well perhaps <clears throat> but i do think that also goes to show that um as Brittany had mentioned i think on uh, when we were talking but this might have also been to the guest uh who, who came up and was asking some questions but they're really their first line of defense in wanting to be left alone is hiding uh, and a big part of that is the camouflage. <laughs> um, and you can really see that by how well this little little lad and or lass is is blending into these leaves. Um, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, as a reminder for anybody who wants to see the video from this awesome excursion slash adventure, um, this will be up on the Patreon. Uh, so feel free to go check that out. Uh, patreon.com slash rocket fox which if you want access to all of the you know just fantastically strange bonus content that is just a dollar a month shameless uh shameless pitch so the, the amazing Brittany, who is a uh, snake extraordinaire and thank you so much for for bringing me on this adventure you have uh five more snakes to see i think you said yep um i am going to hard ways and get some food in my system because I have not yet done that today. Um, but thank you so much for for sharing your wealth of knowledge and bringing me along this adventure. Um, I definitely would like to join you again sometime. Absolutely. Um, learn, learn more about the snakes. Yeah. And, uh, We're always learning and it's been a pleasure sharing this adventure with you all. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I'll share any um, links and stuff like that, but uh, for people listening who 
aren't going to look at that information. Um, is there any place where people can find you or anywhere that you would direct people to who want to find out more about this? Um, oh, if you want to know more about the project itself, I would go to Missouri Department of Conservation's website. I'll give you the link um, with the article so they'll have yes, that as well. Perfect. Um, and then I can I could give you my email too. So if anyone is, is curious, um, sometimes I post on Instagram. Find a snake. Find the snake. Find the snake, but it's also a lot of the kaleidoscope of the rest of my life too. So it's not it's not just snake life. Be be a fan of Brittany and Brittany's life. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> do it. Do it. You know you want to. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you again so much. It's been such a pleasure. And as always, thank you, my loves, for joining me on this adventure with Brittany Nyer and the Copperheads. Now, I'm super excited to send a reminder that the weekend of July 10th, I'm going to be moderating and vending for Witches Fest USA. And that is both virtual and in person out of New York, where we will be coming at you with 75 to 95 different presenters, workshops, all sorts of witchy goodness. And I am super excited. If you want more information on that, visit witchesfestusa.org. I will put the link and all that stuff in the show notes on the website, fantasticallystrange.com. If you're enjoying everything that you're hearing, please leave a review, leave five stars, share with a friend who you think might like some weird stuff, give a follow on the socials, reach out if you have any questions, any ideas of topics you'd like to hear, or just to say hello at fantasticallystrange at rocketfox.com. Again, if you'd like to see the video from this episode, head on over to Patreon, where you can get all of the bonus Fantastically Strange content for just a dollar a month at patreon.com slash rocketfox. For a little more, you can get into the monthly sticker club. It's a lot of fun. Feel free to check it out or not. This is your world. You can live it however you would like. Either way, thank you so much once again for tuning in. And I cannot wait to bring you more good, fantastic, and strange stuff next time. Take care. Carrying around a little, little leaf piece. Look at that guy. Look at that guy. What are you up to? <laughs> Where are you going? Some sort of flying thing. Ooh. Also, look at this. There's this really cool beetle here. Getting sidetracked by a beetle. All right. <laughs>